The Live Series. Powered by Amicus. With your host, Heather Story. Hello and welcome back to the live series brought to you by Amicus Recruitment. This is the podcast that gives you insight into the life and role of tech leaders from all over the world. And today I'm joined by the lovely Hema Ramaswamy, Senior VP of Engineering over at Tracer. Hi Hema, thank you for coming on. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. That's all right. It's a pleasure. I know we've, we've had a couple of conversations up to now and they've all been really interesting. So I'm pretty excited to, to get stuck in. So let's just dive straight in. So in terms of what you're doing now, um, what kind of, I know when we've spoken before a little bit, we've kind of gone into what sort of drew you into this kind of profession. Um, so do you want to maybe just for people listening that weren't obviously in our conversations elsewhere, um, what did draw you to this kind of career yeah, this goes back to a little bit of my upbringing. I grew up in South India, and um, from the very young age, I was exposed to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, um, both academically as well as professionals and practitioners um, around me. Um, so naturally, there was a draw to, towards that. And um, I also come from a culture where, you know, uh, we were encouraged, women especially, were encouraged um, for education and, you know, reaching for the stars, <laughs> you know, what I'm good at, what makes me happy uh, before landing in software systems engineering. Mm-hmm. And the little bit of figuring out is basically, you know, I typically start um, with the why. So people these days call it being curious. And the how part is what makes me um, happy. So um, I figured out that my strengths are, you know, I'm very methodical, um, detail-oriented, and um, I persevere with the problem till I solve it. Yeah, um, so in terms of what what your um, managerial style looks like in that case, um, I know, like, again, when we've spoken before, you, you can already tell even if you haven't spoken to someone like you before that you do have a people-first kind of approach you've got very warm sort of persona about you so um what what to you what does a people first approach look like when it comes to managerial styles yeah if i had to summarize i would broadly say two main things one is um you play to the strengths of people um and the second one is to invest in the growth um of the person and the people. So, so when I say play to the strength, you know, it's just natural that people have strengths and playing to that and aligning and placing them in projects and initiatives um, that has benefits from their strengths um, will naturally bring business impact, right? Um, without much friction and without much trying. And the second one is um, invest in their personal growth. Um, I don't know too many people who don't want to grow, right? They're always wanting to learn, grow. Um, So as a leader, providing a nurturing low stress. And as leaders and organizations, um, you build policies and things to happen. I love that. I love how you're saying how... um 
kind of you don't know anybody who doesn't want to grow like you don't know anybody who doesn't want to develop and and it's such a, a simple idea that as a leader that is your job to tap into that um so I really like that kind of that kind of outlook on that um how do you really get to know your team then in that case this is where my approach is um I would say a little different there are many ways you get to know the team, right? Um, over the course of um, time. But the primary ways that has worked for me is spending one-on-one. So always have one-on-one with your team members, um, working on projects together and um, team events where you put that extra effort and intention to know them as a person first. Of course, they have the skill set to, you know, provide benefit to the business. But the goal here is to get to know them as a person. Yeah, I love that. And really digging deep into what kind of makes your team tick and things like that as well. So you're working on a remote basis at the moment, right? Um, So how do you, what does onboarding look like for you, especially as someone who takes such pride in getting to know somebody in your team and diving into their character? How How is that when you work in remote and, and what does remote onboarding look like? Certainly COVID has given us all a taste of what remote workforce um, looks like. Personally, you know, I come from larger corporations, you know, um, HP, Oracle, where we have been doing remote work for, you know, several decades, right? Even in the early 90s, we were kind of remote um, to the Bay Area. I live in Austin, Texas. Um, so at Tracer, at least, you know, um, all the onboarding that we have done, uh, post 2022 has been remote, uh, primarily what we have done is a two-step approach. The first step, uh, first step is to, and both these steps have dedicated coordinators. That's number one. You make it somebody's, you know, responsibility to onboard new hires. So the first step is, you know, getting them assimilated to the company you know, making sure that they have the equipment that they need, the accounts that they need, you know, benefits information, um, meeting various teams and all of those things. So that typically is like a week or two. Um, And the second step is where, you know, um, you really pair them up with a buddy with the new hire for however long the new hire needs, right? So they show them the day-to-day work and they be they are with them every step of the way to help them succeed, at least, you know, till they get the first project done and, and things like that. So that has worked for us. And, you know, getting them involved in various team activities. They have team lunches, you know, team games and other things that each team does their own little thing and that all helps them you know onboard and assimilate pretty well into the team yeah that's nice that's really nice I know a lot of people kind of approach remote onboard in different ways and and a lot of them kind of do meet up now and then some of them never meet I was in a role um before this one where I never met any of my colleagues the whole time and so it does it does vary doesn't it and um but it sounds like you guys are nailing it over there so you've got your team you know all about your team you've got people remotely onboarded really well and integrated but with this situation how do you then build trust within that team as well (laughs) 
Um, I'm just going to say what it means to build trust from my perspective. I guess yeah. everybody has their own way of building trust um, and what their definitions are. Um, for me, I think just being authentic, just who you are, you know, and the good, bad, and how people perceive you is your authentic, right? And the second one is um, walk your talk. And the third one I would say is you have to demonstrate by action that you care. And the last one is important, right? Because you can't just say, you know, you have to, your actions should speak for itself um, and that you care. So I think these three things is how I have attempted to build trust. Yeah, I think that's definitely what people would want to see in a manager, isn't it? Someone that doesn't just talk the talk, someone that practices what they preach, somebody that's hands-on with you um, and someone that really comes down to your level because at the end of the day, being a manager, I guess, is all about being approachable and that's kind of what builds trust as well, isn't it? And and bringing yourself down, like you said, to kind of walk the walk with with your team as well. That's a really, really good, it's a really good point. Um, so in terms of working with your team, how do you kind of encourage your team to develop themselves either as individuals or within the team as well? Over the years, you know, I've been part of organizations who have, you know, done personal development different ways. Um, what I currently do is basically I create a department-wide personal growth initiative um, where it is mandatory for every employee to write down what their personal growth is for the upcoming year and also write down how their managers can help them. So this is the first step, right? Um, you make it mandatory and it gives every individual a little bit of time to think about, you know, um, what they want to grow. Because when you have to write down, you, you just don't write down without thinking, right? So that's the first step. And the second one is, you know, we work with our operations and our, you know, executive leadership team, and uh, we have provided allowance for the team um, to use for personal um, growth. And um, as managers, um, we are accountable and responsible for creating um, opportunities or creating second aspect of it. The last one is very important. Personal growth, as we call it, is personal, right? So it is the individual who's accountable for their personal growth. We can provide, you know, um, initiatives, programs, and environment. End of the day, it's the individual's responsibility to be responsible and accountable for their personal growth. From our side, what we do is, you know, when we check on project status and, and other things from a business perspective, we also make it mandatory to check in with them on how they have done on their personal growth. This is part of the 360 reviews and things like that. So we make it, we make them accountable and 
then they have another chance to think about, okay, what have I done to grow, right? And, you know, you just have to keep doing this, uh, giving them many chances and opportunities. Eventually, it just becomes a habit for them. Yeah, I think that's really nice. I think one of the ways that, um, I think, I can't remember who said it, but somebody recently said to me that um, employment is almost like a relationship. And if you want to grow, you, it's a two-way street, you know, it kind of, you rely on management to check in, um, but you also need to have that motivation yourself. And like you said, you've got to keep yourself accountable for your own development and your own growth. But it sounds like you're providing your team with with the, the platform to be able to, you know, with those check-ins and keeping that value really there, uh, which kind of brings me nicely onto my sort of next question of, of how how you help your team or how do you make each individual in your team feel valued? Well, you just recognize and celebrate small wins. It's as simple as that. I love that. I love that. So, it, yeah. How do you how do you uh, how do you celebrate those how do you celebrate those small wins? Is it is it like a, a pat on the back or is it do you get to, do you get together or is it? Yes, um, that's a great question. Um, celebrating smaller wins comes from many different ways, right? Um, one, we do have what's called a kudos channel um, in our Slack. And we recognize people for, you know, oh, going above and beyond, you know, doing more than what you expected, you know, making somebody, helping somebody. Uh, so we publicly have, you know, people uh, recognize that. Um, so that's one way. Um, second way that um, we do is um, I personally have a, you know, um, engineering all hands every two weeks. And during that time, we don't only celebrate larger projects success, but we also celebrate smaller wins, you know, intermediate milestones. Um, oh, you know, they have completed testing, you know, um, such and such person fixed a problem that has, you know, improved the productivity of, you know, 30 other people and, and things like that. So those are small celebrations. And then um, managers and peers, um, they call out, you know, um, their team members um, for for smaller wins. Um, and, you know, we also have bigger celebrations. You know, we recently had a um, summer um, accomplishment celebration. We had released many features um, with high quality. So we had a celebration for that, a company-wide celebration. So celebrating is, is good. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's, it is important to celebrate kind of the small wins, the big wins and everything in between, isn't it? Um, I think, yeah, I think it sounds like a really lovely culture that you've got going on over there, to be honest. Um, so I just want to come back to something that we kind of mentioned um, right at the beginning of the episode, because I know, like I said, when we've spoken, you just do get that really lovely, warm sense from you. Um, and you obviously strike me as somebody, oh, even what you've said, it's kind of obvious that you are a leader who loves getting to know the individuals in your team. You really love to kind of break through that kind of work face barrier and really want to get to know the person in your team beyond just their professional career. Um, so how do people's kind of, you must have like a pretty good insight and perception of of how people's individual characteristics affect their approach to work and affect their kind of processes at work. Um, do you want to just maybe tell me a little bit about that? If that's this is where it's not a science. Um, it's more about 
intuition. It's more about who you are and things like that. So <clears throat> I'm just going to share, you know, my approach um, and my philosophy. This goes a little bit into philosophy also, um, you know, your leadership philosophy, philosophy as a person and things like that. So my belief is people bring a big part of who they are outside of work to work, whether we want to admit it or not. That's how I see it. And I believe. <laughs> um, so when you're building a team, any insights that you can get into the person they are outside, you know, this is not really, you know, being intrusive or into their private lives or anything like that. Their hobbies, their interests, you know, what they stand for, their background, you know, gender, um, whether they're part of the LGBTQ community, you know, are they social um, community leaders? Um, are they passionate about social causes? All of these little things um, will, will help you build a diverse and balanced team. Um, diversity and balanced team go hand in hand um, in, in my experience and also in my opinion. So you just get to know who they are outside. For example, you know, people who are from the performing arts, right? You tend to find them to be detail-oriented, right? And they're tuned into the little nuances because that's what they have to do. You know, they need to know to keep up with the rhythm. If they are a dancer, they need to know to keep up with the notes. <laughs> um, um, if they're a musician and, and things like that. So, and they also recognize the importance of practice learning, right? So you just get better with practice. So they bring that to work, whether you like it or not, it's, it's who they are. Similarly, you know, people who are involved in community um, uh, activities, um, social um, causes and things like that. Um, typically women, um, folks at work, they tend to collaborate or a lot. Um, they tend to pick up unglamorous yet important work. They tie to, you know, they tend to tie loose ends. And you find them a little selfless, right? A little bit more generous <laughs> um, with their time. So you just pay attention to people and you, you will know the kind of person they are and what they bring and how they can, you know, make your business better. Uh, it, their diverse background. Um, their thought process, all of that plays a big part. I mean, I can go on and on, but <laughs> this this is where, you know, I, this is how I have used um, people-centric approach. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent why I asked because you can tell that it's something that you're really passionate about, and it's great that you've got a lot to say about it because I think it's something that maybe isn't touched on enough because it seems like an obvious thing to want to get to know your individual teams and things, but it's another thing to just take it past small talk in the office and really understand and use almost to your team's benefit someone's individual traits and their interests outside of work like you said dancing or or music or something that really adds to their actual daily life and getting to know the whole scope of the person really can benefit you to understand your whole team um do you think something like that affects kind of the productivity behind a team do you think that it can add to um kind of 
the results that you would get from a team or can you read into an individual's characteristics and figure out how they will get how how they're going to contribute to the results of a project for example you play to the strengths you align um the business work towards sense you know make sure you place people in the right environment for them to succeed that's number one second it's also the leader's responsibility to build a balanced team which is complementing to each other whether it's skill set whether it's experience whether it's personality traits um so that way you know um everybody is appreciative of a complementing skill that a team member brings yeah kind of it comes back to that whole thing of pay attention to your team on a personal level not just a professional level because then you can really get the most out of your team and the individuals within it um i've absolutely i feel like like you said we, we really could go on about this subject because i think it is really interesting and it it's definitely beneficial to to our audience as well um but i have just got one last question for you um and that is what what sort of advice obviously your vp um, you've got a, a, an amazing career up to now and a wealth of experience so what would you have what, sorry what advice would you have for for tech professionals looking to be where where you are today i'm just going to repeat <laughs> what i said earlier um so focus on the strengths of your people and invest in their growth um that will yield you um a very motivated um workforce and your business will automatically benefit uh, from a motivated and engaged um workforce that's, that's what i want to say no that's perfect i mean who wouldn't want to know how to keep your team engaged i feel like this episode's definitely something that uh, people can benefit from um when it comes to something like that um, so uh, I've just got to do a little bit of spiel now. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can hover over the logo in the corner. I think it's there or it might be that side, actually. I'm not too sure, um, but it's there. It's on one of the sides um, and you can hover over that logo and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn and TikTok for updates at Amicus Jobs. Uh, and then you can head over to our website at uh, amicusjobs.com for tech news, webinars, blogs. Keep up to date with our latest Python, Golang, JavaScript roles all over the globe. Hera, thank you so much again. I'd love to have you back at some point to just continue to talk about these things that you're so passionate about. You've got a lot to say and it's super interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be um, on the podcast with you, Heather. Absolute pleasure.